Chapter 12 Matt escorted me back inside Farthenwood. It was clear that his orders were to see I was never left alone. He described to me in detail how the copy of Jaren's sword had been forged only off a drawing of drawing Connor's father once made from memory, since Jaren's sword had been lost when his ship was attacked. I cared nothing about the story and didn't even pretend to listen. I should probably go back to the dining room, I mumbled. You're sweaty now. A gentleman would never enter a dining room smelling as you do, you and I do. Then where? Back to your room. Rodden and Tobias will join you before too long. There's nothing to do in my room. Get some sleep. Tomorrow begins your training for Connor's plan, and I assure you it will be exhausting. Are you going to chain yourself to me again? He smiled. Of course not, but your room will be guarded. If you try to escape, the vigil will catch you and then notify me. Please believe me when I say you don't want to disturb my sleep for a second night in a row. Are you the one? Are you one of Connor's servants too? I asked Mott. Does he own you? I serve him, but he doesn't own me. My father worked for his father, so it was natural I should work for the son. I believe in him, Sage. I hope in time you'll believe in him too. He killed Latimer. After telling him he was free to go, he killed him. To be technical, Cregan killed Latimer, although it was on Connor's orders. Mott was silent for a moment and then said, Master Connor is not aspiring to be a priest and asks for no hero worship, but he is a patriot, Sage, doing what he believes is best for Carthia. Latimer sh never should have been chosen to come with us. It was better that he die than fail in the challenges over the next two weeks. I think Connor wanted us to see him kill Latimer, then we'd know how serious he is about this plan. Perhaps, Mott said, and if that was his idea, then it certainly worked. I stopped walking for a moment, forcing Mott to stop and look at me. In a soft voice, I said, the two boys who don't get chosen for his plan, is he going to kill them too? Mott put his hand on my shoulder and pressed me forward again. He has to protect the secrecy of his plan. See that you get chosen, shit sage. Errol was waiting on a bench near my room when we arrived. Mott asked him to take me into my room and assist me with dressing for bed. I don't need help dressing, I said to them both. I solved the mystery of how to button a shirt long ago. Help him, Mott repeated. Errol looked at me, silently pleading with me to accept the order so he wouldn't have to face Mott. I sighed loudly enough for Mott to take notice of my annoyance and then nodded my head at Errol. Fine, let's get this over with. Mott waited outside. Errol shut the door and began rummaging through the drawers of my wardrobe until I explored the room. Mrs. Turnbeldy could have crammed every boy at that orphanage into a room this size, and it seemed like a waste of space to have only three beds in here. In sharp contrast to anything I ever experienced at the orphanage, the mattresses on these beds were deep and the blankets thick. Each bed had a small wardrobe beside it, and the desk was near the center of the room facing a fireplace. The thought that I might not ever might never again have to live like I had at that orphan at the orphanage filled my mind. 
If only that new life wouldn't come at such a high price. Which is my bed, I asked. Errol pointed to the one at the far end of the room. That one. I want this one near the window. That was meant for Master Rodden. Master Rodden? Errol missed the sarcasm. Yes, sir. Well, Master Rodden can have my bed. I'm taking this one next to the window. Master Rodden has already been informed that this is his bed. I pulled the covers apart and then spit on the pillow. Tell him what I've done. If he still wants it, he'll be sleeping with my spit. Errol smiled. Yes, sir. Are you ready to dress? I held out my arms to let Errol do the work. He worked quickly and quietly, which only made me feel more ridiculous. Errol, while we ate, there was a server girl about my age, dark hair, dark eyes. Her name is Imogene, sir. She came to us a year ago. How? Connor raised the rent on her family's home. They fell further and further into debt. Connor made an offer for Imogene to come work the debt off, though with the high rates on her family's home, she never will. Why her? Most of us think it's revenge. Imogene's mother is widowed. Connor proposed marriage to her years ago, but she refused. Some believe she wanted Imogene here so he could marry her instead when she became of age, but he quickly lost interest and assigned her to the kitchen. Why? She's a mute, sir. Not particularly bright, either. She performs her duties, but will never be anything more than a kitchen servant. There, you're dressed. I laughed as I looked down at my night clothes. Maybe I was too accustomed to sleeping in my clothes, but I felt overdressed. What's this? I asked, tugging at the outer garment. A robe. You'll remove this before actually getting into bed. Uh, but I'm right here. I'm three steps from my bed. Errol smiled again. Something about me frequently amused him. Would you like me to remove the robe for you? No, I'll do it myself. Can I do anything else for you tonight? Where are my clothes I came with? I saved them for you, sir. They're being washed. They didn't need to be washed. Arrow coughed. <laughs> I assume you... They did. But I'll keep them just as they were otherwise. He busied himself with folding my clothes from the afternoon. When they've returned to your drawer, will I have anything in return? If he was hoping for a reward now, he'd be disappointed. I nodded curtly at him. When they're in my drawer, you will. You can go now, Errol. Tell the others to come in quietly because I'll be asleep. Errol closed the doors of my wardrobe. I saw Mott peek in at me while the doors were opened, but when they closed, I was finally alone. I opened the window intending to climb out, but stopped as the cool breeze, cool evening breeze brushed against my face. Now the emotions washed over me like a tide. Connor's plan was worse than I anticipated, and no matter what Mott had said, I knew I wasn't up to the challenge. I looked out into the dark night and wondered how long it would take me to run the length of, the, of Connor's property. Beyond that was a river that would mask my escape. I could walk all night and for as long as it took until I got to Avinia to freedom, but I couldn't do it. Now that I knew his secret, Connor would never stop hunting me down. I was trapped here, and my choice was clear. Become a prince, or he'd kill me.